Uh, let's get started. Hello and welcome everyone uh, to Don't Call Me a Guru. I'm Tyler Butler. And I'm Linda Huang. Welcome to the 17th episode. There's been a little bit of a delay between episodes. I feel, Linda, like you and I have both been living a bit of a crazy life the last few months. Yeah, it was, you know, we did Cousin Pod and then we went right into, well, let's let's talk about what you've been up to, Tyler. Yeah, as, and Cousin Pod was not our easiest podcast journey. <laughs> no, no, with let's like remind a false everyone. start. There's a false start, a lost audio, uh, and then we did the live episode, and then we redid Cousin Pod over Google Hangouts. Yes. And then finally did it. And we're here on Google Hangouts again, uh, hopefully without too much robot voice. We tried to record an episode on Friday, uh, but both of our office Wi-Fi's were too bad to do it in they a meaningful were... way. Yes, it was not working out, but you should be able to hear our our smooth voices mm-hmm. coming into your ear right now. <laughs> <Welcome> back <laughs> to another I'm... smooth episode of Don't Call Me a Guru. I have been fighting this cold for about a month, so I'm going to try my best not to cough throughout this podcast but warning my coughs are as loud as my laugh (laughs) i think google hangouts does a better job uh compressing your laughs and coughs than i do as an audio engineer so we're actually like saving the ears of our of our listeners a little bit (laughs) that's exciting uh, <laughs> All right, Tyler, what have you been up to? Let's, well, let's do a quick catch up. Let's see. Since our last episode, I uh, had a secret wedding <laughs> that I've been secretly <laughs> planning for six months. No Lindsay, big deal. <laughs> Lindsay and I got married with uh, with a really small group of family. And, uh, and then we headed off to Montreal right away, kind of capping off like a super, super busy six months uh, where we were also planning a secret wedding. And... Uh, <laughs> And now we're back and uh, and trying to coast for a little while. It's <laughs> pretty and of, exciting. Yeah, and of, and of course, uh, and of course, work got, has been super busy. What have you been up to? Well, no, no, no. I, I mean, I feel like we should talk a little more about your secret wedding because I, you're the only one, you're the only person I know who's ever had a secret wedding. I think that's really cool. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It was like away from all the pomp and circumstance and expectations of others. It's it's a very you and Lindsay thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, it was right for us. uh, And I'm glad we did it. I do think we like being married more than we liked the process of getting married. Uh, Mm, That's fair. uh, And I'm still like obsessively fidgeting with my ring uh i don't know i don't know is mike a big ring fidgeter are you a big ring fidgeter not a big ring fidgeter no i mean i think mike did fidget for a while um but soon it will just become a part of your finger you're you're fine i'm already <laughs> such a fidgeter though like i've got a pen in my hands all the time so now i just like have a thing to to fidget channel with that into and i i don't know i'm gonna lose it down a drain really soon oh, I no. think. Hopefully not. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. And so, we, sorry, we did Cat Festival too. We did Cat Fest, so that was primarily <laughs> yes. You were you and Lindsay were great volunteers. <laughs> um, that is what I was busy with. So no secret wedding, but I uh, I put on this festival for cat people. Lots of cats celebrating cats, raising money to help cats, and uh, that took place at the end of May. So uh, sort of April May were pretty crazy. My blog took a backseat as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to um, getting back. excuse me into blogging which will be nice but the festival was good uh we raised we raised lots of money uh for some local rescues here and currently decompressing before seeing how uh how the 2019 event will go what's your next blog post my next blog post um actually is a telus it's a telus sponsored blog post tyler as an ambassador to yeah what's the what do they call their ambassador group <laughs> uh we are part of team telus team telus i like team that telus mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's kind of funny i've told them like i've suggested that because actual people who work at telus don't actually know what team telus is so they think that when i say i'm team telus that i now work at telus <laughs> 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 but now it's just a group of a, a group of social media ambassadors across the country, and we write about different Telus themed topics as long as it pertains to something that is relevant to us. So my next post is actually about Catfest and giving back where you live in the community, uh, which is one of the uh, the mission or or value statements of Telus as well. So it was a good fit there for me to post about it. 
Um, yeah. And then I've got like 10 draft blog posts for restaurants that I've gone to, but haven't yet reviewed. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to read them. It's crazy. Like I feel like um, we've both been so busy. These like little side tasks. We've not been the best podcasters. Like <laughs> I, I've been basically working all the time. Or planning <laughs> yeah. We have not been good podcasters now that I'm thinking about it. Did, do we have to say powered by the the Alberta Podcast Network when we introed because we didn't do that, right? <laughs> Welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. We are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. <laughs> there you go. We're done. I'm Tyler Butler, <laughs> and I'm Linda Huang. <laughs> and now we'll get right cool. Into <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's go. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's talk about some new social media features that are out there. Things that we've noticed since uh, our, we, we haven't really done a, a podcast that's just me and you in a while. Mm-hmm. So it's probably been since February that we've kind of sat down and gone through like, what, what are we seeing uh, out there? Uh, yeah. And I'm looking at our list here, Instagram sliding polls. I put my first one into an ATB story uh, just last week. Which one was that? Descri- describe it to us. So we put out a pride campaign, which was the concept was like one of these things is not more Albertan than the other. So we tried to do like two quintessentially Albertan things and then uh, something like, uh, you know, canola fields, like pickup trucks, girls mm-hmm. who like other girls. And the concept is like, these are all things that make you Albertan. So uh, as part of that, we had written out um, the line preferred gender pronouns and actually got some feedback that preferred wasn't the best word to use that like I identify as a man. That's not a preference. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. So we changed it to personal and I ended up adding an Instagram story, uh, kind of addendum to the story I'd done about the original campaign. And yeah. at the end I threw in this slider, like, what do you guys think of this? And I put like a, I think like a rainbow emoji on a slider and I do feel that everyone is just sliding it all the way to the right, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> polls, like, except for your disgusting Mike and your dog eating the same food poll. Oh, Every other oh, poll whoa, is 100%. Yeah. Okay, well, I was very clearly on one side of that poll. <laughs> I knew you were. I knew you would be, too. And I was, I, <laughs> I was peeking to see who was voting what. And when I, saw, <laughs> when I saw your name, I was like, well, I'm not surprised that you voted disgusting. <laughs> That's some controversial stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually real neck and neck there for a while, but I just I just peeked at what the final was, and it was a uh, um, disgusting. Just beat it out by two votes. Yes, so it's actually really every close, vote but... matters. Every <laughs> vote matters. Actually, what I've found or what I've heard with these different polls and sliding polls and all that stuff is that like most people don't realize how to use it at first, and then they end up voting accidentally. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and then it's funny because I'll get messages from people who say, oh, my God, I did not mean to vote that way. <laughs> a funny thing I've noticed is like people putting the sliders or their polls uh, too close to the edge or too far down. Like yes. a lot of when you post, a lot of it is covered up by like the reply field, the tap left, tap right fields. Mm-hmm. Um, so and there's then you been, can't do it. Yeah, there's been polls I literally like couldn't vote on or hashtags I couldn't click kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it, it's not always clear where those lines are. Uh, like if you line up your object with the bottom line that appears on Instagram stories, it's actually too far down. Yeah. So well, you have to, and then- Sorry, go. You just have to be like aware of what your boundaries actually are. Yeah, I find that that also is tricky depending on what phone you're on. Because I know some Android screens that are really, really big and just a completely different, uh, like Mike has that problem if he's posting to something and I want to take it uh, and interact with it or just take it and share it on mine, then the cutoffs are completely different. So usually I try to, when I'm doing like the interactive sort of elements, I try to stick it in middle frame as much as possible. Yeah. Which I think is a generally a, a pretty good rule of thumb. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I've been doing a lot more Instagram stories lately. And it's, uh, I it's think great, yeah. I think we're going to get into what we're working on a little bit later. So I'll save <coughs> that. Uh, oh, that sounds good. Um, what do we got here? We got adding stories from other people if they tag you. This has been new since we last talked. Um, so now on Instagram, again, another stories things, (laughs) 
tell us which feature we like using the most. Um, so now if someone tags you in their story, you have the option to just add it to your story, which I have seen a lot of actually restaurants really using this to their advantage. So um, posting or reposting uh, in a, officially reposting uh, food or drinks or whatever videos and photos people are sharing about their experiences at the restaurant. Um, talking about pride yesterday, I saw the Edmonton pride account that was like almost exclusively the content that they shared on their stories, uh, which was just posts from other people. I think there's power to that, but I, I think it's also like sort of a reminder that, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't solely just post other people's stuff on your stories, <laughs> which is, yeah. what, which more and more is what I'm seeing. Cause it's, like so easy to do now <laughs> i saw that too uh on the pride story and then actually the first time i'd seen it was you and uh me and our partners went for uh for dinner and you like at mentioned me in a story and i was like what's this add to story thing mm -hmm. it's nice as a brand because it gives you something to do with those like um you get mentioned maybe you like reply privately but there's you can't save it you can't do anything meaningful with it but now you could like solicit hey make sure to mention our account and we're mm -hmm. sorry i also think there's cool opportunities like to make something out of it like not just repost it in full because it has all the hashtags marked and, and your like account name in the top like it looks like a full screenshot so it looks bizarre to like post it with your username like overlaid over theirs you know what i mean right no but absolutely if you could do something like put it over top of like a phone emoji with like your own text around it or like a background or something. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's something really cool to do there to like supplement your story. So you maybe ATB covers pride on the ground and the third and fourth ones are like, here's our team members having so much fun at the parade or people who mentioned us as our, as our parade uh, float went by and just use it to kind of bring different voices into the story. Yeah. Kind of augment it a bit, but don't make it the only thing that you're posting. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Um, what else we have here? So feeling the effects of the Instagram algorithm. Are you are you from an ATB perspective and or you're from your personal account? Have you noticed any deep declines in engagement? I mean, to me, when things go full algorithm, <laughs> <laughs> it just changes what the kind of content that I post. Uh, so we talk a lot at ATB about how our content is no longer timely or like that location bound if we're not spending money to make sure people see it in a certain time and location. Mm -hmm. So we, I try to post things that stand up. So it means organically posting less things like, Hey, come to this event. For sure. Uh, and that maybe is like a paid off page, uh, like unlisted posts. Whereas like, Hey, you can see our post about look how much fun we had at pride. Um, you can see that anytime this week and it's still relevant and fun and interesting. So in that way, like I don't see the effects of it as much. I certainly like, you know, which ones people didn't like <laughs> like there's, pre there's pretty drastic shifts um, or they're pretty drastic, like swings between what ended up being like a good post and a bad post. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, I just adjust how I tell stories on that medium. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've uh, so same. Yeah. Adjusting the content um, or how you do the content. I never really liked posting on Instagram more of those timely things anyway. <laughs> um, even before sort of it went full full algorithm as you call it <laughs> <laughs> um but i have noticed it's crazy it's weird to me because it's not even that the content is not engaging with your audience i i think it's more that the content it just isn't even being shown to your audience right so so i mean i haven't seen personally i haven't seen as drastic uh, of examples but i've seen some of our clients like something that would have gotten, let's say, 100 likes and maybe 15 comments or something uh, go down to, to 45 likes and like one comment. And then you look at how many people are actually reached um, and it's just significantly less than what those past ones would have been. So I don't even know if it's an issue of the type of content that we're posting isn't something that's resonating with people as much anymore. I think it's just that it, it's just not showing up in their feed so that they can actually engage uh with it which like so i was talking to so in terms of the cat fest we had 
celebrity cats come in and literally these guys, their full-time job is social media presence for their celebrity internet famous cats. And so they've, (laughs) they've gone to Facebook, they've gone to Instagram, like headquarters, they like have partnerships and contacts with these people there. And I had asked them the same question, (coughs) excuse me, like, had you noticed the decline in your engagement? Uh, And they were like super bummed out about it. (laughs) Really? yeah, I mean, and it's for, I told them, it was like, I mean, it's it's not as obvious with you guys because you're just getting hundreds and thousands of, you know, pieces of engagement anyway. So, but like, they know that it's still less than what they normally get. And they were saying that um, something that their Facebook rep or whoever had told them is that you guys need to be replying to the people who leave you comments on your Facebook and your Instagram and you need to do it within a certain amount of time. Uh, and then in a way that sort of starts to, to game or trick the algorithm because it's showing that you are also engaging with the people who are engaging with you and then the system will, will reward you uh, in that way by then showing it to more people. So things like that I think is like First of all, that's like exhausting for them because <laughs> they've got like millions of people. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's always made. I've always tried to do that from like my personal accounts. Like if someone's leaving a comment, I'm going to reply or I hope to reply. Um, but now I'm, I've been a bit more mindful even in the last month of like if someone's replying and I see it, I'm not I, I try not to just wait or I try not to like reply, you know, when I have a moment, I'm like, oh, I should reply to this like right now because of the algorithm. <laughs> so it's like, it feels like it's way more work, <laughs> sort of my perspective on it. But I think it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's as much the, like that the engage or the content itself has changed in a way that has made people not like it. I think it's just that uh, I've definitely seen Instagram just not showing the posts to as many people who are following you very similarly to, I guess, how Facebook's doing it. I just feel like Instagram people don't really have like meaningful conversations in the replies. Like it's, it's barely even threaded and you hate to like, just have like, thanks, thanks, thanks as your replies just to like game the system. Right. Like it's not, it's not valuable (laughs) at all. Right. Um, Well, I mean, but then that sort of forces you to like, how, how do you make this response or this engagement a little different? Right. But I don't know, like I've talked to uh, different Instagram influencers and that sort of thing. And they they love the Instagram co- comments and they huh. they they love the community building that they see on there. And I think and more and more, actually, we helped a couple clients in the last few months start new accounts for these campaigns. Um, and Twitter was so challenging, I found, in both cases to get and build a new follow uh, like a like follower uh ship even though you know their target audience made a lot like it made sense uh it made sense to connect to people through twitter uh in edmonton that was their audience that sort of thing but it was like it was so much harder i found to build up the audience on twitter now versus instagram which was interesting to me yeah, I people like Instagram a lot more, I think. It's the yeah, happiest yeah. place on the internet, right? <laughs> right now, it's the happiest place on the internet, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. What else? What else we got here? <coughs> oh, Snapchat. That's still a thing. <laughs> Snapchat is still a thing. It's still out there. I, I caught Lindsay playing the new Lens games. <laughs> I walk into the bedroom. She's staring at her phone, like doing a fish face, like, and then opening her mouth really wide. I'm like, what? What? What is this? What are you doing? Who it's did funny. I marry? I am such a I'm such a passenger when it comes to Snapchat. Like, I I don't use it personally. I only used it personally to learn how to use it. Mm-hmm. I went back in it for the first time in a while, and I was I couldn't even figure out how to reply to people. Oh my god. Um, I literally did that this morning. Someone sent me a message and I tried to swipe to reply back and it swiped to like a different menu. And I felt, I felt <laughs> like how people did two years ago when they were trying to figure Seriously. out Snapchat. <laughs> but I think people still use it. I think that it's gone back to more of a direct to direct communication. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on Cousin Pod. Like mm-hmm. it's how people text. 
It's people using Snapchat, like like we talked about when we presented at iMedia. It's people using f- disposable photos as a mm-hmm. way of like communicating vast amounts of information. Literally, a picture being worth a thousand words. And like, I feel like a lot of people in our industry still underestimate it because they don't use it and like mm-hmm. forget about that key part of being a communicator, which is it's very rare that you're your own audience. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> the things I like on Twitter are way different than what I post as ATB or even myself. Like I'm trying to make content that people are actually going to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I basically just like writing obs- like obtuse poems uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like posting photos of landscapes. <laughs> and my, my own drastic change on Instagram lately reflects my declining uh, engagement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I mean... I think their new their new games at least speak to what I think that they are still really good at, which is kind of pushing that boundary on the sort of that that line between reality and sort of augmented reality uh, things that are happening. So catching catching baseballs or footballs or or shooting aliens with your mouth or whatever those games. Are. <laughs> it sounds so silly <laughs> but uh but yeah they're they're obviously still really developing out that that technology which i think is is pretty cool and something that they're still obviously um quite known for you were talking about the twitter like building a twitter audience and, and an instagram audience um it's funny because i saw a couple of people try that twitter promote mode where you give them a hundred dollars a month and they automatically kind of push your best content in an effort to build your audience for you how did that go apparently it just like i I read buffers experiment with it and they basically like it made almost no difference oh (laughs) so like it's just funny how little money helps you gain an audience on twitter Yes. Like, I feel like I, I promoted our pride campaign and I feel like it got more likes and engagements and views, but like, I don't feel our audience grew any faster. Like to me, Twitter is just this long game. You'll gain followers. Such a, such yeah. a long game. Exactly. <laughs> um, what was I going to say about that one? Hold on. Maybe cut off this, cut off this part where I'm it's thinking. All, it's all staying in. I'm too lazy to edit. This is all staying in. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Well, I'll, I'll come back to that then. I swear I had some deep insight about Twitter, but it'll come back to me. Let's keep talking. So, <laughs> hey, you and I, I tried HQ trivia for the first time last week with you yes. and Mike. Yes. And I did okay. You did really good. I know, I know James from Caller Bateman. But... <laughs> James is unbelievable. <laughs> To be able to win $80 is like quite a feat. Like I told him to put that on his resume. <laughs> yeah, I could use $80. <laughs> um, yeah, so HQ Trivia, who, uh, you know, whoever's listening to this, please tweet us and, and let us know if you're playing this this game that I think has become this worldwide or at least North American phenomenon that uh, like millions of people tune in or turn on <laughs> their phone, their app to play this trivia game every single day uh for a chance to win money and it's so interesting to me so uh, for Calder Raymond I just did a blog post um what games like HQ uh, can teach us about marketing and and I really do believe it so things like I mean we've talked about some of these things before uh Tyler but like repetition uh is something that we've both always found has been very helpful for for engaging our audiences um also actually let's pause and you should you should tell them about your your uh, your condo news repetitive content <laughs> oh yeah my new <laughs> instagram my new instagram story uh a series is posting photos of the letters in the elevator in my condo building which are just just <laughs> wonderful pieces of communication actually honestly my building manager is not the worst internal comms person i've ever worked with so <laughs> that's saying something <laughs> But uh, but yeah, they're just delightful, like paragraph long run on sentences and and, and just the earnestness of it. Uh, but again, I strongly believe that taking something mundane and repeating it every <laughs> time you can, uh, which the Ryan strategy on Snapchat was the concept of basically, can we make our own 
like the office episode <laughs> by just saying, having my coworker, Ryan, who is from Australia, tell me every day, what are you, what are you up to today? Mm-hmm. And uh, it started out as just kind of a thing. And eventually like people were recognizing him on the street. And stuff, yeah. So. And they were demanding Ryan content. So exactly. having, so y- yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just the repetition made it interesting. And it's the same thing like when, when we talked about DJ Khaled a few years ago, doing <laughs> the same catchphrases every day uh, made them interesting. Exactly. And that's what's happening now with HQ is that they, they will use the exact same catchphrases and one-liners every single day. And you just start, you start looking forward to that, which I really like. Um, something, another one thing I wanted to point out that HQ sort of taught me or is teaching me is that, you know, live, and I think Facebook's been trying to push this forever. Uh, you know, that live content is very engaging. Um And I think I've seen that in work that we've done with clients. Uh, When we do live streams, uh, it, I think at least in, at least in three different examples that I have in like the, like in the same period of similar period of time, the live stream content has always outperformed like any of the other content that we've put out there. And probably partially that's just due to Facebook giving it more, uh, more attention because they want people to do more live streaming. But uh but yeah, engaging live live content is engaging, but I think what's interesting about how HQ does it <coughs> is that they're constantly reminding you about when it's going to be on. Uh, they're constantly sending these push notifications, which I'm not like annoyed about. And they just introduced this new feature where if you're a player of the game, you can send your own friends notifications that the game is starting, which is so powerful, I think, when like, if I see like, Tyler sending me a notification that I should get going on HQ. I'm going to be like, oh, sweet. I should, I should get going on that. But yeah, it's like social proof, like, um, like seeing when you see a Facebook event and it's like, well, Linda is going. Yes. Uh, classic, classic, <laughs> classic. Anyway. So lots of things. Uh, I think, I think that while well, they're obviously doing very well now, they've got tons of sponsorships and deals and multiple hosts and that sort of thing. But um, just taking a sort of that marketing and communications lens to it, I do think that uh, some of what they're doing um, can definitely be applied to your own uh, social media strategies. Yeah, it, I'm continuing to explore live in my work at ATB and just learning like by doing it on a regular basis, like at least once a month, really just learning a ton. It is, it's hard to do, man. It's hard oh, to yeah. get right. And, and you uh, guys do like serious, like you have serious equipment and stuff too. Like it's polished live streams that you're doing. Well, yeah, we're, we're really trying to up the game and not just be talking into a laptop, but even internally, because we've fully embraced G suite, we, uh, you know, uh, our leaders will do uh, hangouts on air internally that, you know, a hundred people will jump into in the middle of the day and listen to one of the VPs talk about what's on their mind or what they're blogging about. Uh, And that's just them talking into their computer. It's like what we're doing on hangouts right now. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's really cool to see that kind of internal life be really popular. And then, Mm -hmm. but yeah, on the Facebook side, trying to really learn how to do a great job, how to bring like, TV quality live streaming to Facebook. Um, but it's just so funny. Like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is challenging, but trying to learn a lot and trying to do cool things. I feel like one of the things like HQ incentivizes you with money and with mm-hmm. chance, which people find irresistible mm-hmm. and then catchphrases and notifications and stuff, but like money and a chance to win. <laughs> I've often like, you know, uh, I think it's like family guy where, they, he wins a boat and has to, and then they give him a box and say like, what do you want the box? He says, well, what if there's a boat in the box? Uh, and I just, that's this hard and fast rule for me. Like people love a chance to win. Uh, no no judgment. Be. It's just, a, it's human nature right now. Oh yeah. And like the, the amount of what, like, you know, the amount of cash or the, the value of it doesn't even have to be that high. Like I'm, I'm always shocked like I think we had put together some this package, which was like a four hundred valued at four hundred and fifty dollars, like dinner for two plus this plus this, um, and then we had run that as a contest for a client, and then we did another one, which was just like a twenty five dollar Visa gift card, which is like 
and it's still like comparable comparable engagement comparable <laughs> shares comparable comments it's like people just want to win something <laughs> i swear to god i one i one time made something that just said you have a chance to win <laughs> it did great <laughs> it didn't even say what it was <laughs> yeah that was um, i love that <laughs> Do you want to give a shout out to the Red Deer folks? Yeah. So Red Deer social media breakfast folks invited me down. Woo, woo. They, Alberta. Uh, yeah. It was, um, what month was that? That was May. I drove down. I did a presentation on influencer marketing. Um, I think, I think it went well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I just wanted to, they were very nice. They were very kind. They're also, um, I was going to mention this to you, Tyler, via text, but then I was going to wait for our for our pod recording to say that they, <laughs> they wanted me to recommend a speaker to them. So I'm going to I'm going to recommend you, Tyler. That's that's awesome. I would love to do that. So that would be a lot if of you're listening, Red Deer, <laughs> I'd, I'd already, love to come down. I'll come down anytime. And, uh, it's a, it would be a great chance for me to visit our branches in Red Deer. Yeah, uh, see? That's great. Anyways, yeah, that's that was great. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh we're both talking at Social West or yeah, we are both talking at Social yes. West uh next week in Calgary. Um yes. Well, when is this podcast airing? <laughs> I'm going to make it today. Today. Okay, yeah. sweet. We're going to so we're going to read our ads at the end of it and uh and I'm just going to put music on it and post he's it. Gonna, he's going to post it. Um yeah, so Tyler, you're going to um, be on the air when I post it. <laughs> I just if I, if I leave it it won't happen. No, that's that's smart. And it might, you know, we don't want another cousin pod incident. <laughs> you mess up one time. <laughs> you're never leaving that down. Uh yeah, so Tyler, you're speaking at Social West. I was going to be presenting uh with Chris Henderson who I work with at Calder Bateman. Um but some things came up that he can't go anymore. Uh, so I'm still technically speaking, I'm going to be on the what's what's next for the future of digital marketing, a panel on Friday. Um, and what are you tell tell the good people what you're presenting on? <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm delighted you're going to be on that panel. And I think you're going to do an awesome job. Oh, you're sweet. I think that's <laughs> the only it's the only panel we skipped the first year we went to social. Yes. yes. <laughs> it, admittedly, I was like, oh, you want me to talk about what's next in the future of digital marketing? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but they they have full confidence in me, so I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs> I, I feel like now is a really good time to uh, make a disclaimer that ATB is uh, a sponsor of Social West. So uh, yeah. lots going on. Uh, you know, I think you have to disclose these things as influencers now, right? right Linda? <laughs> oh, yeah i think we're gonna be talking about that in the panel yeah yeah so uh we are sponsoring the event we have a, a great kind of like list we, we have a, a an activation called the listening lounge where we'll be granting your wishes if you if you tweet using the hashtag atb listens lounge i need to confirm that double check that with the social west uh social west twitter account uh and and we will have some of our summer students running around kind of fetching things and, and making your dreams come true. Uh, so I've enlisted some peons for the week. <laughs> some peasants. Do, do I, am I, uh, am I allowed to win those things? I'm not a, that's not a conflict of any kind, right? I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, okay, sweet. You tweet as much as you want. Free, uh, free influencer uh, material. Uh, so yeah, that's a lot of fun. And then uh, Adam Rosenhart, who's our director of social media strategy, and myself are speaking about uh, essentially how, essentially how to bring about change in a social media strategy at large institutions. Uh, I, I would love to say that we're done our deck, but I'm finishing it up in the next couple of days. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's kind of about uh, the change management process, and based on the assumption that. Basically, if you're getting a job at a big corporation, it is 100% likely they already have some kind of social media presence. Right. So it's about the process we've been going through of how do you audit, strategize, and then pivot a large institution, a lot of people, uh, an expectant audience. How do you pivot it into the, into the strategy that you want to roll out? And, mm -hmm. uh, and then they kind of a, set in their ways. <laughs> yeah, they might be, or they might not be, but I think it still follows this similar process. And, uh, so yeah, we'll be going through that and kind of checking in on how far along the, 
the the uh, timeline we are at ATB, what's been going well, what what our struggles have been, and then taking a look at like an ideal state. Like to us, this is what a, a social media strategy should look like for a large institution that wants to be a cult brand like Apple or Starbucks. And that's awesome. Uh, I think we've come a long way really quickly. <laughs> I've been at ATB for eight months. Can you believe that? <laughs> I cannot believe it's been eight months. That's just uh, blown by. Yeah, it feels at once like I started there last week, and it also feels like I started there like 30 years ago. <laughs> like, you're, like a, I, you're a lifer. Like I'm like ready to retire <laughs> with like a full pension. They're like, yeah, we need you to retire, you know? Like, <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting – I think it, I think it's an interesting talk. I think, you know, Adam and I are um, – putting all of ourselves into this project and, and putting a lot of experience into it. And I think yeah. it's a useful, a useful topic. And, um, and we're going to try to do a social West podcast as well. Yeah. I'm going to bring the podcasting gear down. We can sit down. I'm thinking maybe like Friday, we can kind of sum up. What have we learned? What have we, uh, what have we gone through mm-hmm. and, uh, and post from there. Uh, it'll be before your panel, unfortunately, but you can maybe give us a little sneak preview. <laughs> <laughs> give the people a little taste a little taste <laughs> we'll do like a weird like uh dub <laughs> of just me talking about the panel afterwards <laughs> uh, um, yeah. do you want to wrap up i i see we're, we're going to talk about what we've been working on um, yeah um let's see what have we been working on so <clears throat> Lots of, for me, lots of social media planning for different event launches. Um, I'm still finding, this still baffles me, um, how many organizations still do not have social media strategies. Like, or even, even like a one-page plan or something, you know? Like a plan at all. <laughs> like, <clears throat> to this like so I still whenever I say that I'm doing a training session like oh I'm gonna be teaching about Twitter or how, how why you should use social media or something I always get someone replying seriously like we still need to have those types of sessions like people people aren't on board yet or people don't have that implemented yet and I'm like 100% they still do not um which is, hey, that's great for me having <laughs> the clients to work with and train and that sort of thing. Uh, but still really surprises me the number of businesses, both um, and a lot of them established organizations who don't really have uh, a social media plan in place. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if I'm if I'm there's like a message there for for social media people uh, or aspiring social media people or or what have you is that there's definitely a lot of opportunity still uh, within our industry to to tap into that um but but it it's surprising to me Tyler does that surprise you um okay it it doesn't surprise me but it it, uh saddens me (laughs) that's the feeling (laughs) that that just like to me the work we do is so important and Mm -hmm. it's more important than like (laughs) it's like more important than like media it's more important than like a press release like those things are still obviously those things still have a place just like you know social media is very important I just feel like it, I, it, it baffles me that I still have conversations about like, well, why should we even have social media? And, and yeah, I'm not saying be everywhere. Like I think mm-hmm. you pick your channels. We talk a lot about um, Adam and I just did this interview for like a guide we're doing for, for entrepreneurs where we talked about like, you know, pick the channel your audience is on, find out mm-hmm. how they use it. You don't have to go crazy, but like, I don't know. Even if your strategy is like, we aren't going to be on it, I guess. Um, for like a good reason maybe just like i don't don't know i don't know it's also like sometimes and i I don't know if this is well sometimes it's disheartening too like you you can you work on these plans and these strategies and sometimes they don't even read it it's just like they're sort of they're just checking off 
they check off the box like yes we've spoken to someone about this (laughs) which is like such a shame (coughs) excuse me I'm like dying here and my cat just clawed my arm and I did did everything while you were talking to try not to make a screaming (laughs) (laughs) because I'm not cutting I am not cutting I did a good job, but now my arm looks. Oh man! Anyway, oh, okay. Linda. I know. <laughs> Someone I love, call an ambulance. I love my cats. Anyhow, um, I think that uh, yeah, it's crazy. Social media is a lot of work. The feedback I'll get from people a lot of the time is like, "Oh man, like I have to do all that writing and all that research and all that reading." Like, I think that makes people shy away from it. And then just mm-hmm. the way you and I feel about Snapchat, like you look at. Twitter, if you've never used it before and you're like, it's overwhelming and there's a mm-hmm. lot going on and you hear that there's like a lot of hatred on it. And and there is, there's a lot of vitriol in Twitter. Like it's not the nicest place in the world to spend your time. Um, but it's still important and it's still useful. And to me, it is such a key part of building your brand now. Mm-hmm. Like when, when we talk about what role does social play Yes, ads can be used to like drive traffic to your website, but like ultimately mm-hmm. your social presence is this absolutely essential part of how you build your brand and yes. it's like align with all the other branding work you're doing. Absolutely. And, uh, and I see that oversight over and over and over again. And uh, I really, I think it's people being overwhelmed uh, and not wanting to put the work in or wanting to dedicate the resources to it. Um mm-hmm. Because you can't, I don't believe you can work in our industry and not think social media is necessary in 2018. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. I don't well, know how what, we... what I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I was like, man, I don't know where we go from there. <laughs> I've, been, uh, yeah. I've been really pushing. Uh, we've done some really cool stuff on ATV's uh, accounts lately. We've done Pride, which I alluded to earlier. Uh, or rather described in great detail earlier. And we shared things like our annual report where we did this great video um, that it was fascinating to see people. Oh yeah, uh, people actually actually watched this. People watched (laughs) it and uh, it was a great video of like people kind of uh, lip syncing along with Dave as he delivered, uh, Dave Moad as he delivered a speech. And then it ends with our new CEO, Curtis Stange, sitting down and kind of carrying on the mantle. And uh, it was really beautiful and it was neat, like annual reports. I know there's like a, there's like award <laughs> categories around them, but you and I, like, I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to read the next annual report. But we, oh, actually, right. we actually had people like excited about this. They're like, oh, this is so great. Like, it's been such a great year for ATV. And like, it was neat to see that reaction to something that's, that's like not inherently an interesting document. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, And wasn't it, um, was this the one where you said you posted something on like through social and it got more views than like the yeah, YouTube or, or, or something. Fascinating. So I've been working with our video team and our designers to bring more things cut for Instagram stories into mm-hmm. our stories. I feel like we just have the interest and the capacity at ATB to do really highly designed, interesting stories that like a smaller company couldn't pro- probably take the time to do. Right. Uh, so, uh, like as a brief aside, we told this story, we've been doing this fundraiser for the Stollery where all the branches are encouraged to get really creative. And we had a story come out of one of the branches that they had a goat who was like kind of a dick. Like the goat was really mean <laughs> and he was really stinky and like no one wanted him. So they had this really creative fundraiser in like Rycroft, Alberta, <laughs> Where they uh, they were giving away the goat. So for $10, you could nominate me. You could say, I'm going to nominate Tyler to win the goat. And then I get a phone call and they say, for $10, you can buy yourself out of the, the goat draw. So you, you, you want to buy goat insurance. Uh, and they raised, Linda, they raised $18,000. Oh my God. <laughs> And we just made, like, we drew a goat, we illustrated it, and the Instagram story has it, like, with stink lines over it and stuff. And then with the, we took that with the um, annual report and cut out pieces uh, of that, right? We actually cut out bloopers. It's people getting, like, set up and kind of, (laughs) like, getting their makeup done and stuff. And then with, like, music over it and then used Instagram stories in a neat way to kind of 
recut and tell the story and like you it's not referencing everything you don't have to watch the video you get the full experience from instagram stories right through there yeah more people watched that than watched <laughs> the video on instagram so obviously more people watched it on facebook that's just how it works there's more people on right. facebook right but we had like several hundred more people click their way through the Instagram story or tap their way through the Instagram story mm-hmm. that then even begin the video on uh, our on Instagram feed, post. which yeah. is fascinating. Like yeah, Instagram always, stories have come a long way. Yeah. I always think that's really interesting how I've noticed the people who watch my Instagram stories aren't like certainly they overlap with people who engage with the posts that I share, but there's like a good chunk of people who only engage with my stories and not my posts. And that fascinates me because I'm like, is it just because they're not seeing the post in the grid or they just, they just don't want to like something, but they'll watch something. I'd say they're not seeing it. They click on the first story. They keep on tapping until they get bored, scroll a couple times down and like what they see. Mm -hmm. But I just think your first instinct at the top of your feed is to click click one of the stories and start watching it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that you got, well, and I love the notion of, and I and I always try to push this, is creating, so I think, and this is a resource issue as well, right? Like, I think too often <coughs> it's, okay, we're doing a video, it's going to go on the website, or hey, we're doing a TV commercial, and then we'll just, repur- we won't even repurpose it, it's just we'll use the TV commercial across social media. But if you have the resources, and you can't, you have the time like, like, yes, you should, you should try to actually repurpose content or shoot content originally so that it is for social, not just something that you're trying to make work in social. Um, and then I think when you do, or you, you're able to do that, then you'll see like kind of the results that you're seeing. Like it's much more interesting for people. Um, and it just looks and feels uh, better because it's for that platform. Yeah, I'm really obsessed with format right now. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about like tell your story, give it, give people a complete experience in every channel. So mm-hmm. if you're live at an event, what you experience as a person without looking at your phone should be different and complete than what you see if you're at home lo- watching me cover it on Twitter. You should have a complete experience. Mm-hmm. If you're on your Instagram story, you should understand a complete experience and they should be different than each other because the formats are different. It's like singing a song versus telling a story. Yeah, you, absolutely. You, still, you can tell the same like content, but you do it in a different way and you use different techniques. So even between posting in your feed and putting things in the story, you need to think about what's unique about Instagram stories. Okay, I can draw on it. I can put these GIFs on. I can yeah. put sliding polls on how they can use that to give people a different experience than if they see this exact same post in the feed. And I think I'm thinking about that more than what I'm actually posting sometimes, which I'm like, (laughs) like I was in this meeting and I was like, so we're going to do a story and we're going to use all these cool features. They're like, yeah, but what's it going to say? It's it's like, uh, oh. You're like, oh, right. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I need to figure that out. platform specific stuff like always or when you can and I say that too like that's why I think it just it drives me and I think so many social media people bonkers when people are just cross posting their Instagram posts to Twitter to Facebook and vice versa um I think what you're saying speaks to that a lot too is like wherever you can like what makes it different for this audience and then also touches on we had talked about this I think very briefly before but like how it's quite common for a lot of campaigns to click through to a website, obviously um, it, it, need, it needs to probably go somewhere. And then at the website, you can, you can get even more information. Uh, but I've been thinking a lot about, um, because we, we do run into this even at the agency is like, okay, well, but they'll get that information on the website. And then, and then my challenge then is, but, but we should try to give them as much information as we can in the platform because we can't expect them to want to go to the website. <laughs> I, you know, I would say that the most contentious thing that I think right now is that the whole concept of like, don't build on rented land, like don't, that everything should lead back to your website. I just think is becoming entirely passe. Like 
I, I think people barely go to websites anymore, man. Uh, <laughs> and I just like think, it's, that, yeah, it's gotta be so compelling, right? Yeah. Or you have to like work people down a funnel, I guess. I think they go to shop, but even then you can just shop like in Instagram now. Like, why would you go <laughs> yeah. to a web? Why would you open up a non-mobile friendly website and like try to figure it out in there, you know? And like, mm-hmm. uh, I just think it's so important to give people experiences in channel. And if you do that, you're going to, you're going to bore people. I know we talk about like the ratio of how much should drive people somewhere and how much should just be like entertainment. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's like the answer, but increasingly like what I see uh, doing well for us on Twitter is not putting a link in, like telling a story. You have 280 characters. It's lots of, lots of room to tell people a whole story. Yes. It is so important to be posting within the platform. And I think that's why um, even just even a few years ago, uh, you know, Facebook, Facebook changed it so that if you link to YouTube, the YouTube video is not going to get as much exposure. Um, So just trying to trying somehow to keep people on the platform that they want to be on because that's because they don't want to be bouncing around. All right. Thanks for listening to Don't Call Me a Guru. We're going to end it there. Uh, We're We'll see everyone at Social West. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, ATB is, is uh, the, the main, the founding sponsor of the Alberta Podcast Network, comma powered by ATB. That's where the ATB comes into <laughs> things. I've talked about it a lot in this episode, but uh, inclusion is a big value at ATB. Uh, it's the bank for all Albertans. All of our clients are Albertans. We're a crown corporation. We only exist inside Alberta. And that means including all Albertans. And I'm really proud of the work we're we're doing around Pride right now. I think it's creatively really interesting. And I think it's really, really important and transparent. uh, And it's really great to work. uh, Disclosure, I work for ATV. I mean, I don't know if we can tell, Tyler. This summer, ATB is celebrating Pride all over the province. We're main sponsors of Pride festivals. We we just sponsored the, the Edmonton Pride Festival. We're in Lethbridge and Calgary. Uh, we're celebrating all summer. Learn more about it. Visit atb.com slash pride. We're a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. There's so many amazing Albertan podcasts on this network. One of them that we want to recommend to you is the Dave Berta Podcast. Dave Cornway, who we had on this podcast. Remember that, Linda? Yeah, that was fun. He was awesome. He was our first guest? He was our first guest. He's like our third episode. Uh, He was, we talked for so long that he forgot his wife was picking him up. It was a whole thing. (laughs) So it's, he's a political commentator uh, produced by uh, my partner in crime, Adam Rosenhart uh, at ATB uh, and also uh, starring Ryan Hastman. There's a a kind of more liberal and more conservative uh, balanced discussion and debate. And uh, it's a really key audio insight into what's going on in this province. And it's an important time to know those things. Check it out, Alberta Podcast Network. And we will talk to you another time <laughs> at Hopefully Social sooner. West. Yes. Yeah, Peace out, players. <laughs>